Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, September 29, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? They're playing games with the tape. I'll explain further as the video goes on. Let's take it from the top. Today we had the phony GDP release. And why do I call it phony? Because there's no possible way on the planet that they could add up all the gross domestic product of services and product being transacted in the U.S. It's impossible. So just like all the other numbers that come out of the federal government, it's a guesstimate. It's a formula with 9 million different components to it. There's a margin of error of like 10 And oh, by the way, it gets revised 48 times over the next three months. So what's the point? It doesn't matter. What does matter is the market's reaction to whatever the number is. That's why we say it like that all the time. So they come out with the number at 8.30 Eastern time and they kill the tape. First off the table is follow through from yesterday. They kill the tape and they make a new low. Now, here's where it starts to get a little bit tricky, almost like they're playing some games. Now, on the daily chart, what they're really doing is, even though they made a new low today, they're making a bearish pattern down here at the lows. Now, in between this range, the swings are pretty wide from an intraday perspective, but what are they really doing? They're not really doing anything other than going back and forth, eating time off the clock, building energy for another move. Now, if the move is not lower, they'll release the energy in the northern direction and they'll have a nice little snapback rally operation on our hands. And remember, we're still looking for some kind of low in this time frame. They're running out of time. Tomorrow is kind of like the last day. Now, here's where I say it's getting a little tricky or they're playing games. So here again is that 200 period moving average on the weekly chart, and they could have hit it yesterday or the day before. They could have hit it today, but they haven't. They keep coming up short. Why is that? It should be easy to do. It's magnetic, and these type of magnetic things pull price in. Whether it's downward or upward, they have a pull on price. So price, for whatever reason, or the market is staying away from that thing. It's staying away from that moving average. So unless they hit it in short order, meaning over the next session or two, and then snap back, that's one thing. But what it's really telling us, the longer this goes on, and the more games they play, it's telling us this isn't really the near-term destination. The evidence is growing for another leg lower. Now, how can I say... We're looking for a low in the same breath that I say there's another leg lower coming. Well, it's very easy because if you don't get the snapback this week, if you don't get the low in place, maybe an extension into Monday, worst case Tuesday, but they should really do it this week. If that doesn't happen, that same energy that should be a low in the market and take the market higher in a rally formation that same kind of thing built into the market is going to send it in the other direction. They've been building a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern on the daily chart. We have to take note of it. We have to respect it. 
and we have to recognize what they're doing and we have to recognize what they're not able to do, which as of right now, they're not able for whatever the reason to reach this 200 period moving average right around 358. The big question, the $64,000 question is, why not? What in the world is holding Mrs. Market back? What is the roadblock above 358? Now, we did this earlier in the week. We did it last week, but just in case, let's do it again. If this 200 period moving average slash 358 and change, give or take, doesn't hold, what's the next thing down? The next thing down is some unfinished business right around the big fat round number of 350. What's below that as a just-in-caser? We have the target, the downside target, from the head and shoulders pattern that we've been discussing. It's off this daily chart, and the pattern is something in this line here. We've had this line on the chart. I took it off, and now the target from the result of that head and shoulders pattern triggering is about 342, give or take. We're going to put a demarcation point around 342. Why is that? Because it's the target and the evidence is growing that they're not bouncing and there's actually another leg lower coming. Now, here's the deal. There's another leg lower coming anyway. The question is, do they bounce first or not? So either way, we're going to need the 342 on the board. Now, let's say we wake up on Friday and they're having a rescue operation. The only thing that gets the juices flowing from the trading community is getting above yesterday's high, 372.30. They get above yesterday's high, they fill the gap, and they likely don't stop there because they had an opportunity to fill it yesterday. They came up short, and then they went back down today. So the fact that they came up short, didn't fill it, it creates a piece of unfinished business, but my contention is, if they're actually doing that, and we're doing the hypothetical thing, we're doing the thing where they are having a rescue operation, they do get above yesterday's high, they do fill the gap, what is the next price target? 377.50, write that down, put it on a sticky note. It's good to keep getting reminded of the things that are on the board for awareness purposes. We always want to have the big picture as the dominant thing in our mind. Well, the big picture is also the fact that they are, it's just a matter of when, but they are and they will touch and go through the 50 period moving average on the weekly chart. Right now is slightly above 151. That's also slightly above the unfinished business that we discussed before. I'm just saying that that's another area that's magnetic and will eventually pull price in. Now, we're also going to keep mind of something else. We talked about it yesterday, and we're going to keep mind of the close of September. Closing below this low of 371.04 is a negative thing for Mrs. Market. Monthly charts are long-term things. They're dominant things. They're big time frame things. So nothing happens overnight. It can, but it doesn't have to happen overnight. But what we do is we note these things. We're aware that they put themselves by closing below, if they do, by 4 o'clock on Friday at the September close. If they put themselves below that low of 371.04, that's a negative connotation going forward. It's just another piece of evidence in the bear camp. 
I like to look at things that other people do not see nor look at. Here's a ES chart. It's the futures chart. Now, here's what we're looking at. Yesterday, the futures made a lower low than today, meaning the spider made a lower low today, but the futures did not make a lower low today. I have to take that as interesting information. Can't really do anything directly with that information, but it's another piece of evidence telling us something. Everything the market does is telling us something. Whether or not we can identify it and put it to good work, put it to use as a valuable piece of information, a puzzle piece building the whole puzzle, that's a different story. How we identify and use the information that's provided sets one trader apart from another. It sets the person that's right apart from the person that's wrong, doesn't know, not right yet. It depends on the information and whether or not it's the information that Mrs. Market actually wants you to have. I'm taking this piece of information and saying, if they do not make a new low tomorrow and they start to rally, then we're likely going to have another pop in the tape. Remember, let's separate the two things. This is the daily chart of the futures. They didn't make a new low today. We're going to keep that in the forefront of our mind as a piece of bullish information on a temporary basis. They did make a new low in the SPY chart. Okay, fair enough. But, there's always a but. But wait. There's more. The dominant thing. That's the most important thing out of all the stuff we're discussing is what's the dominant thing? The dominant thing is A, the larger time frame. So in this case, the weekly chart takes precedent over a daily chart. And by the way, the nearest thing of interest on the weekly chart is the 200 period moving average. It's magnetic and it should draw price in. I find it hard to believe that they're going to actually turn this thing around and leave the 200 period moving average alone without hitting it before this decline, whether it be short or long term, is complete. And that's my story. What's going on inside the numbers today? Well, let's cut right to the chase. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly inside the numbers. We had a couple of things happen today. We had a shit burger from Stocks on the Move. We'll get to those later. And in addition to that, I ended up having a bad trade in the SPY today. However, there were plenty of traders that got out unscathed, maybe with even a small profit. I'm going to go over it and I'm going to explain the whole thing, but let's just lay it out there. Let's discuss and get out on the table the elephant in the room. Happy Thursday. We're waking up red as they're doing the thing where they give back some of or more of yesterday's rally. And the possible schematics are... It's a garden variety retracement slash pullback operation. What that would do is it's a higher low type of scenario. They pull back a garden variety fib retracement or something in that neighborhood, and then they have another or ensuing leg higher. That's one scenario that could have happened that didn't happen. Frankly, that is the scenario that I had in my mind on the table. So I had an early pivot, 366.50. We'll get to that in a little while when we look at the chart. But let's say they go lower. So this is, again, the pregame warm-up routine. This is where we get loose in the morning. If the pivot doesn't hold, they 
Make a run for, because the door will be open for, 360-340 to 360-220 zone. Significantly below the pivot, and later on you'll see there's some stuff in between, but this is the big picture stuff at zero dark 30. Below that stuff, and they start to melt away, and we have the discussion about yesterday's lows, 358, and all that stuff. Only getting above 370.62 opens the door for another leg up north. That didn't happen, so we don't need to talk about it further. Let's move along, see what else we have. Let's mention the hurricane. There's certainly a lot of people affected by Hurricane Ian. Our thoughts and prayers go out. A lot of devastation in the hurricane's path. West coast of Florida, central Florida, and beyond. Even our very own Jordan had to take one in the chin. He's got to put the pieces back together. We're all pulling for him and his family. 8.35. GDP is released. The initial reaction is, kill the tape. Now, what you'll see happen is they flush the tape a little bit, and then around the opening bell or by the opening bell, they rally back to try and and recapture the pivot. That was a big reason for the trade today. Again. We'll get to that in a few moments. One thing that we always want to mention on days where we have expanded volatility is an increase in volatility is an increase in risk for traders. So my recommendation is to adjust position size accordingly. Stuff can spike a lot. We have to know that. You're going to get big swings in both directions, so you adjust your position size down because you're going to get more points than you normally would. So you have to reduce the position to reduce the risk. You end up making the same thing or potentially losing the same thing that you would have anyway. That's the reason that we have to reduce position size in these type of volatile environments. You don't want to increase the possible loss in a wrong choice, a wrong trade. In any market environment, not every trade is going to work. Some go bad. That's the way it works. It's the way they keep you honest. Every now and again, Mrs. Market delivers a slice of humble pie. We're moving along. 366.50 is our pivot. And by 9.14, and they rally back to where? 366.50, which helps to confirm the importance of that spot and our pivot. First, here's a five-minute chart. The opening print was above the pivot. Generally speaking, not every time, because nothing works every time, obviously. But generally speaking, when they rally back to recapture an important spot before the opening bell, it's usually good for a follow-through move after the opening bell. Not every time, but more often than not, using the 80-20 rule, that's what my trades are made of probably half the time. This one just crapped out. Let me show you what we're talking about. This is the five-minute chart with the pre-market data. So here you can see they're hovering around the pivot. This is when the thing first opens around 4 o'clock in the morning. They're trading above it. Then as you can see, when they get to the 8.30 candle, this is the one ending 8.35, they kill the tape after the 8.30 candle, and they kill it further. The low here is 364.77. So they go down to another place, find support, bounce back up to open above the pivot before the bell. Generally speaking, that's evidence of running a test. Today, it was a fake-out operation. I got a pie in the face. It happens. All right, let's keep on with the notes so that you can see exactly what happened along the way. 
933, right here, I'm an interesting buyer around 364.50, give or take. Where's that spot? Well, that's actually an important number that's slightly below the place that they ran down to when the GDP was released. They came up short and they went back above the pivot. So there was another important place figuring after the opening bell, if they're going to have a shakeout operation, where are they going to go? That's the place. So the whole thing was wrong, but this is the concept behind the trade. I'm just opening up the commode to tell you what was inside my head, to help you understand why the trade took place. Generally speaking, the same setup, the market doing the same kind of operation in the morning, this trade works like 8 out of 10 times easy. Not so much this morning. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. What you're going to find here is that they flushed through the number, they bounced back, and what I did for traders here, and I think this is important to explain, the 952 post. Let me read it, and then let me explain it. Traders who followed along should be around break-even. We had another add to the position place. So let's say you bought half at one, half at the second place. They bounced back in between a little bit positive even from the average cost. So what I write here is if you're uncomfortable, scratch it out. They're at break even. Closing candles above 363 and a quarter should be good for a further bounce back. Why do I say this? Because the original trade changed due to them cutting through the number like a hot knife through butter. So they didn't find any support at the number that I said would be important in my own mind at 364.50, the number they came up short of in the pre-market they cut through it like a hot knife through butter. So the whole thing changed from the original concept. When things change, you have to adjust accordingly. That's what I did. That's why I was reporting that you should scratch out if you're uncomfortable with the trade. This is how at least one of the methods that I incorporate making that real-time adjustment, that's how we treat it as a business. Pause the video. Read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. They got into a rodeo formation and you see the notes here accordingly. Read them, go back to the chart, double check the stuff. They never got down to the moving average that we're expecting it to be magnetic. They bounced back and forth and they got into what we say in the trading parlance as a rodeo formation. Again, pause them, read them, double check them. Stocks on the move today. We're going to take a look at the charts of all of them except one. Twilio, STM, NLY, and CarMax. We'll start with CarMax. You can see here it was the shitburger du jour. The number was wrong. It was a downdraft. Everything got dragged down with the tape. You got no bounce in the tape. You got no bounce in CarMax all day long. They never were able to get anything going. They ended up drifting lower sideways all day long for the remainder of the afternoon. What that tells us is they were hanging out for a cup of coffee. There's likely a lower price coming. STM, they bounced around the number for the most part all day long, finished above it. It was really just, and what we call in the trading parlance, as a dud. Twilio, $70.45. They spiked it, they bounced, they provided a base hit, but they too hung around the number for the majority of the day. It's a tough tape. If the market's not going to get a significant bounce, the overall market, it's going to be very difficult for individual stocks to get a bounce. Isolated cases, yes, but for the most part, 
Most things get thrown out with the bathwater. S&P was down 2% today. That's a big down day. NASDAQ was down almost 3%. We'll get to that later. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they were strong yesterday and weak today. Relative strength yesterday, slight relative weakness today. It's a whiplash type of tape. What are they doing here, by the way? Well, it's pretty simple. They're making a bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of thing. There's just no two ways about it. Until or unless they can get above yesterday's high and get going, at least make a run for the 20 period moving average around home base up here, even to run a test. Still a bounce and a downtrend, but for them not even to be able to do that is just a weak, weakish tape. As we know, it's all the same market, so they're all going to pretty much trade together. You're not going to see the IWM down 2% on a day when the S&P 500 is up 2%. That's just an unlikely scenario. Remember the VIX we talked about last week? I said 31 was an interesting number. They got to 31, they pulled back. They got over 31, and they're still hanging around, but they continue to stay over 31. So that's pretty interesting. It opens the door for the next number up. Anybody want to know? Well, here's the thing. There are numbers in between, but the next major number from where I sit really is until above 40. something like that. So above 40 is really the next major number in the VIX, at least from where I sit. There's other stuff in between, but from a major number perspective, it's over 40. About the folks down at the transportation department, so check this out. So here, they're staying inside so far. They spiked the low a little bit, but staying inside yesterday's breakup candle. So that's interesting. Just to compare and contrast, they're in slightly different positions, but what you'll see here, and this is interesting too, no accidents or coincidences, the low of the breakup candle from yesterday in the spider is 362.60. Today's closing price is 362.79. They could have closed below it. They were well below it. They made a new low today. They chose not to. Why is that? Because that price is important. Mrs. Market knows about it, and you should know too. Why did I bring that up with the transports and not bring it up before with the SPY? And here's the real answer. I didn't even notice it in the SPY until I brought up the transports. It stood out to me like a sore thumb on the transport daily chart. However, when we went over back to the spider chart, I was surprised to see how that developed. I really wasn't paying attention to yesterday's low by the closing bell. Remember, And I say it at the beginning of every video, what's jumping off the chart? That's really the first thing you want to look at because that's the prevalent thing. What's jumping off the page? On the transports, this jumped off the page. I didn't know this or see this before I flipped to this chart during this video. You saw it unfold in real-time formation. So net-net is, as long as they stay above that price, this is a breakup candle and they're eating time off the clock and they could potentially have another move higher. Close below that low, all bets are off, they're down at the lows, and they're doing something different on the bear side of the barn. How about the Q people? Staying with that theme, yesterday's low was 272.95, today's close below that by pennies. Again, no accidents or coincidences. One closes below, one's well above, and one's slightly above. S&P, pennies above, Q people, pennies below. You see how the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew works? Their job is designed 
to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. They're already into the 200 period moving average on the weekly chart. What's the next major thing down in price from where we are today in the queues? 260. It's a give or take, but put that on a sticky note. I'm not suggesting that's a bottom or anything, not the bottom worthy type of price, but 260 is the next place. It's what we call in the trading parlance a way station. Same routine on the daily chart. If they bounce the tape, only getting above yesterday's high gets the juices flowing from the trading community. How about the financials? No new low, but bearish pattern nonetheless. Again, we'll use the same bogey on the bull side. Yesterday's high, they have to eclipse it, begin closing daily above it, but first intraday, hourly candles above it, and then the bulls will get the juices flowing. Until that, they're making a bearish pattern and the pressure is still in the southern direction. Weekly chart is ahead of the power curve in terms of against other markets as we compare and contrast, look where they are relative to that 200 period moving average. You notice an interesting theme. There's only one market that hasn't hit that 200 period moving average. So let me explain. Here's the spider chart. They haven't hit it. What about when we go over to Camp IWM to double check? They're well below it. The transportation people, they're below it. The Q people, they are below it, or at least on top of it. Financials, on top of it, underneath it, they've already given it up for the most part. I mean, you ran a test here, you ran a test here, now you're below it. I mean, they're running out of time. Time is more important than price. If they don't bounce the tape by the close of business tomorrow, worst case, first part of next week, then we are going to find the market a lot lower than they are right now. They're going to complete the head and shoulders pattern on the downside. All that stuff, time is more important than price. They're running out. Smash mouth on top of the 200-week moving average. So you can see the S&P 500 of the spiders, the only one that has yet to reach that 200-period moving average. Smash mouth, melting away, bearish pattern, making a new low, trying to have a rescue operation late in the day, but not really. There's an hourly chart. Last two candles is called a bounce in a downtrend. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.